Welcome to the Clerk Commute Podcast, where we discuss clerkship content, share up-to-date research, work through interesting cases, and gather position advice for your next rotation. Good morning, clerks. Welcome back to another episode of the Clerk Commute Podcast. I'm May. And I'm Alex. And we're your new hosts. Today, we're going to be learning an approach to fatigue in the family medicine clinic. This episode was edited by Dr. Sharon Dome, a family physician at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. All right, let's work through a case. So Alex, you are a CC3 on your family medicine block. Your staff asks you to see Ms. K, a 43-year-old single chef. She's presenting with fatigue. And for context, fatigue accounts for one-fifth of family medicine complaints, although there is no etiology in a third of these cases. A thorough history and physical exam will be vital to differentiate differentiate between common and dangerous causes. What would be your first step? So I would first like to review the patient's chart for past medical history with my staff as certain aspects of a patient's past medical history may be a cause of their current fatigue. So Ms. K moved to Toronto about a year ago. This is only her second appointment with your staff, so there's very little in her chart. But relevant things that you would be looking for would include thyroid problems, cancer, anemia, and depression. Okay, great. Thank you. So then first I'm going to go see the patient, confirm their name and age, and ask what brings Ms. K in today. Ms. K responds to you. Well, doctor, I've just been so exhausted lately. There must be something wrong with me. I can't focus on anything at work, and the restaurant I work at opens late, and I just get so tired by the end of the day. I would tell Ms. K that I'm so sorry that her fatigue is impacting her life in this way, and that we're going to do our best to figure out the cause of her fatigue. Now, I'd like to further characterize fatigue to narrow down my differential diagnosis. So this would be a good time to review the classification of fatigue. First, it can be classified based on length. So acute would be experiencing fatigue for less than a month. Subacute would be one to six months and chronic fatigue is greater than six months. Or we can classify fatigue based on cause. Physiological fatigue is due to an unbalanced routine caused by inadequate sleep, exercise, or mental effort or secondary fatigue, which would be due to an underlying medical condition or treatment, such as hypothyroidism or depression. Thanks for the brief reminder. Now I'd like to further characterize when her fatigue started, what makes it better, what makes it worse, and has she ever felt fatigue like this before? So Ms. K tells you that it started about four weeks ago. She explains that her body feels tired physically, but not mentally. It was a progressive onset and nothing has made it better. She's also never felt like this before. What would you do next? First, I'd probably start with going into her sleep history a little bit more. The purpose of this would be to assess the quantity and quality of sleep that she's getting. This may indicate a need for a sleep study or highlight ways to modify sleep habits to treat her fatigue. So the questions I would start by asking Mrs. K is what is her bedtime? Does it vary? What time does she fall asleep? Does she have a long latency period? which can be caused by anxiety or something stimulating before bed, like caffeine or exercise. Is she using the bathroom at night? This would be more relevant for a man who could have a a urinary frequency from benign prostatic hyperplasia. And finally, is she having any pain at night? So Miss K works late at a restaurant, so her bedtime varies. On nights that she's working, she says she goes to bed around 3 a.m. And on nights she's not working, it's around midnight. She does fall asleep immediately because she is so tired when she goes to bed. And her, um, the time she wakes up also varies. Sometimes it's as early as 8 a.m., but sometimes she sleeps until noon. She doesn't need to use the bathroom at night, and she doesn't have any pain. 
So based on Miss K's responses, it doesn't seem to be that she has a need for a sleep study since poor sleep does not seem to be a cause of fatigue. Examples of reason to consider a sleep study would include snoring, choking, or gasping during sleep, which could indicate obstructive sleep apnea. Some recommendations that I could make for Ms. K to improve sleep hygiene, we will discuss later. Next, I'm gonna explore secondary causes of fatigue, such as hypothyroidism. So I'm going to be asking Ms. K about cold intolerance, weight gain, hair or skin changes, or constipation. Also exploring anemia as a cause for her fatigue. So asking about any exertional dyspnea, dyspnea at rest, confusion or blood loss and her periods. And then finally exploring malignancy as a secondary cause for fatigue. So looking out for fevers, chills, night sweats, weight loss, also called B symptoms or constitutional symptoms. Miss K doesn't report any symptoms suggestive of hypothyroidism, anemia or malignancy as secondary causes of, her, of fatigue. Okay, great. The next I'd like to look into exploring Mrs. K's diet. I know this is a really important topic to you. So low iron can cause iron deficiency anemia, as is common in women of Mrs. K's age. So I would particularly ask about her menstrual cycle and blood loss during her cycle. Additionally, diet can have a major impact on energy throughout the day, including eating too much fast food or meat. So Miss K tells you that she has, she has a balanced diet and that she follows the Canadian food guidelines. She also has normal menstrual cycle that lasts about five days and she changes the tampon every two hours. Based on this, iron deficiency anemia would be pretty low on my differential. But next, I'd like to ask about symptoms of diabetes, which can also present this fatigue. So I'd ask her about polyuria or lots of urine being produced and polydipsia or her being very thirsty. She doesn't have any symptoms suggestive of diabetes. Okay, that's great. So next, I'd want to screen for depression. Fatigue is a common symptom that is present in depression. So I would ask Ms. K some questions such as how has she been feeling recently? Is she more sad than usual? Has she had any trouble finding joy in her usual activities? And finally, the days in a week that she feels more sad than happy. Discussing mental health is definitely an important topic. Ms. K says that she enjoys her work and she's generally in a good mood. However, she repeats to you that she's just feeling so exhausted and is finding it difficult to make it through her shifts at work. After ruling out depression then as a cause for fatigue, I'd like to ask about possible infections and risk factors. So some common symptoms of infection may be sore throat, fever, or tender lymph nodes. And I'd also like to ask if she's had her flu shot this year. Ms. K does not have any infectious symptoms and she is up to date on her flu shot. So infectious causes pretty unlikely based on that information. Next, I'd want to explore past medical history a little bit further, especially noting the medications that she's on, some of which can cause fatigue. I would ask if she's had any medical diagnoses in the past, any surgeries, as patients can commonly feel tired for up to six to 12 weeks following even minor surgeries, and looking out for those medications which can cause fatigue, such as antihistamines, even non-sedating ones, sedative hypnotics, antidepressants, opioids, and antihypertensives. So there is no significant past medical diagnoses or surgeries. She did have a Kalina IUD inserted about two years ago, but otherwise she's on no medications. Okay, that's great to note then. Then I want to explore her family history a little bit more, especially looking out for any thyroid disorders, cancer, depression, or diabetes in the family. So Miss K tells you that both of her parents are healthy and are around age 65. She doesn't have any siblings or children, and she has no family history of any of the disorders that you asked her about. That's great to hear. Then next, I want to ask a little bit more about her social history, specifically noting her physical activity, which is key here. This can have a big impact on fatigue. 
So I'd want to ask how Mrs. K stays physically active and how often she's performing these activities. I would also ask about her alcohol consumption, as that can cause poor sleep quality as well. I'd also inquire into her drug use and her sexual history, as infections such as HPV and HIV can cause fatigue. Additionally, the possibility of being pregnant can present as fatigue as well. There's so much to ask on a social history, but I think it's especially relevant with something like fatigue. So Ms. Ms. K tells you that she does do light physical activity. She walks to work generally, and then we'll take a cab home when it's late at night. She's also standing on her feet for a long time, for long periods of time during her work shifts, and often is lifting heavy boxes. She was also going to the gym, but hasn't gone in the past month or so because she's been just feeling too tired. She also has a glass of wine with dinner, but no more than twice a week. She doesn't use any drugs. And on sexual history, she has a monogamous male partner for the past year. She doesn't use barrier protection, and she has the Kalina IUD um, for birth control. So I think we have a solid history here. But before we move on to the physical exam and investigations, what's on your differential so far? So far, physiologic fatigue is highest on my differential. This was supported by the variable sleep schedule that Ms. K reported to me, how she's busy at work and not exercising at the gym anymore. Secondary fatigue is still in my mind. No, it's not significantly likely because of the causes identified during her history. There was no presentations of hypothyroidism, anemia, malignancy, diabetes, depression, infection, or pregnancy. However, physical and laboratory investigations will help me further rule out secondary causes. I agree. That's a great list. So now what will you do for the physical exam? So I'd first start by inspecting Mrs. K generally, assessing her level of alertness and physical appearance. Ms. K is alert and appears generally well. That's great. Next, I'd move on to a lymph node exam for a lymphadenopathy in setting of infection or malignancy. Then I would palpate for hepatosplenomegaly in setting of, of infection or malignancy, and also looking for signs of thyroid disease, including bradycardia, tachycardia, oiter, or any skin changes. These examinations are all normal. Okay, how about the cardiopulmonary exam and the neuro exam? These are all normal as well. I think this is a thorough exam. Before we move on to investigations, it's good to know that lab results only affect management in about 5% of cases. If the lab results are normal, it would be best practice not to run them again unless something major changes. But let's go through the list of labs that are commonly run for someone presenting with fatigue. So I would order a CBC, specifically looking at the red cell count first, noting that a low red cell count can be supportive of anemia. I would also want to pay close attention to the white cell count, as a high white cell count is supportive of infection or malignancy. I would also be looking at her ferritin for iron stores, electrolytes, glucose, urea, creatinine, liver enzymes, and LFTs to explore diabetes, kidney, and liver function. I would also look at her ESR, which is elevated in infection, TSH, high in primary hypothyroidism, and finally, her beta-HCG, which can be a cause of fatigue in women of reproductive age. All of these labs come back with a normal range. So as you said earlier, this supports a physiologic cause for fatigue rather than a secondary cause. Now it's time to review with your staff and discuss a management plan. Ms. K is a 43-year-old woman presenting with fatigue. Secondary causes were explored through history, physical, and laboratory investigations. No specific secondary etiology was determined. 
It is presumed to be physiological fatigue. My recommendations would be to try to improve sleep hygiene. So try to tell Miss K to go to bed at the same time each night if she can, avoid caffeine and alcohol before bed. I would also recommend that she try to meet the physical activity guidelines of 150 minutes of moderate anaerobic exercise each week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise each week. That's excellent. Your preceptor also asks if you think a follow-up appointment would be necessary. After explaining Mrs. K's recommendations, I would encourage her to seek follow-up if she feels her symptoms are not improving, if they are worsening, or if she has any further concerns. Okay, clerk commuters, before you go, how about we put what we learned to test with three questions? Our first question is Mrs. K described feeling fatigued for the past four weeks. Would this be considered acute, subacute, or chronic fatigue? Take a moment to pause the podcast and think about it, and then tune back in for the answer. So the answer is subacute because it's within one to six weeks. Our next question is, what are five examples of causes of secondary fatigue? Once again, take a moment to pause and think. There are many answers to this, but examples could be anemia, hypothyroidism, depression, diabetes, insomnia, obstructive sleep apnea, depression, infection, or malignancy. And our final question, what are some things that you would be looking at closely on the CBC for a patient with fatigue to differentiate a possible secondary cause? You went through a great list of this earlier. The two important ones to look out for are red cell count, which would indicate anemia, and white cell count to rule out any infections. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Clerk Commute Podcast. Catch you on your next commute.